I've been asked to speak about um, our values. You know, it is um, it's something that's very dear to me, and that's probably why I end up always being asked asked to, to speak about it. It um, uh, because it's absolutely elemental to mission and to church planting um, are the values, the DNA uh, that we are looking to carry with us and multiply. So I've titled this uh, this short message, uh, What Are We Multiplying? Well, in terms of mission, you know, and shaping our lives around the Great Commission, well, we are, we're, we're going and making disciples, uh, teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded. You'll be very familiar with that. We're, we're multiplying disciples uh, as witnesses to the ends of the earth. We're, we're, we're looking to multiply disciples in um, uh, every culture. Uh, and Jesus says, teach them to obey everything um, as I've commanded you. So he's, there, there is, there are, he wants us to, to communicate some, a body of, of values this is what we're multiplying. When a family multiplies, you're multiplying your DNA. Um, you know, whether it is uh, Adam and Eve, go multiply and be fruitful, multiply for the earth, whether it's Jesus, go make disciples. We're, we're multiplying our family DNA. So uh, this is absolutely elemental to what we are um, understanding when we're planting churches. You know, we don't... In the New Testament, it's not conceived that we would go on mission and multiply disciples, um, uh, seeing them saved and, and raising them up and teaching them in these, these values. It's not conceived that, that they would then not be added to something. You know, they, they're saved and added to a community of believers. They're added to the family of God. And this family of God is expressed as authentic and simple New Testament communities shaped around the sovereign leadership of Jesus himself, shaped around his values. So Jesus pioneered his church he, uh, and commissioned his apostles to uh, uh, express his values. These are recorded for us in the New Testament. And it's on these things that the church of Jesus Christ will be built, uh, he says. And then we have those beautiful words in, in Acts 2 that you'll be very familiar with. In, in verse 42, they devoted themselves. So these new believers, these people that were being saved, this first generation church, they, did, church, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to these, this, these values, and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers, all came upon every soul, many wonders and signs were done. And uh, we see that beautiful description of very, very elemental community um, in that first generation church. But it's, it's, it's shaped around these values. So when we're looking to, to uh, reach other cultures with the gospel, we're looking to see people saved and make disciples, teaching them to obey the values, everything that Jesus has commanded them and adding them to communities that are shaped around values that have been articulated and expressed by the apostles. And these, this is what we're seeking to multiply. We're not looking to multiply a brand. We're not looking to multiply a style. And that's really important. I'll come back to that in a moment. We're not looking to multiply an organization. There's a lot of emphasis on style of church. What, you know, 
what is the the style of it should it be small church mega church house church organic church you know and so on and so forth all of these styles have their value and key is that the values of the kingdom these values this family dna can be expressed through any one of these styles in the same way that they can be expressed through any national or indigenous culture so what's driving multiplication is not multiplying a style not multiplying a song list or a way of doing church it's multiplying this dna these values so we're going to explain what those values are i'm sure many of you will be very familiar with that um but we will recap those values in time but we just need to dwell a little bit on on, on what it means to multiply those values across a cultural gradient so we're we're on the mission of god we're seeing people saved in every culture we're raising them up as obedient disciples of jesus christ we're teaching them everything that jesus has commanded us adding them into the family of god expressed as communities of believers under the leadership of jesus with values that have been articulated by the first order apostles of jesus recorded for us in the new testament we uh, these these values can be summarized we'll come on to that but how do we i mean it's thrilling enough to see these values worked out through the family of god through the community of believers the church in our own culture but it becomes more thrilling and more challenging as we seek to reach across cultural boundaries with the 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 mission dna of jesus and the family DNA of God. And this is really what I just want to dwell upon for a few minutes together. I'm just very conscious that there are many people in this call who are vastly more experienced than I am on this matter. So I speak with, uh, with humility and openness to be uh, adjusted or corrected on any point. Um, because, um, you know, when you've been raised up in a, in, in a quite a, arrogant and self-possessed culture which my culture is in britain and you tend to think that uh, the way that, that we've learned how to do things must always be the best way to do things then uh, when you start to talk about um carrying kingdom values from culture to culture you need to tread with some uh, some care and humility which i will seek to do so every culture on earth will have its own perspective on how these values of the kingdom are going to be outworked in practice. Um, and no one is right or wrong. Okay. Uh, just we're all going to be looking at this through our own cultural lens, whatever that may be. Um, the challenge is not which, uh, which culture of the world has understood and implemented these values in the best way. The challenge is how do we interpret the values of the kingdom, this DNA that we seek to multiply, in each of the beautifully diverse and varied cultures of the world. How do we do that? How do we navigate the cultural gradient, how these values will work out in cultures different to our own? So I, I don't need to tell you in this call how significant and important it is to grasp the different, gra the different gradients between cultures. We all look through uh, the, the lens of our cultural worldview, those unspoken that assumed values and beliefs and practices that shape this worldview. 
every one of us will tend to think that our cultural worldview is, is, a, is a good one or even the best one because it's the one that we know. It's the one that we've grown up in and it's familiar to us and other people doing things in different ways. Well, they need to learn from us. You know, and um, this is, you know, learning to be objective about our own cultural worldview is a very, very significant step in being able to interpret kingdom values from culture to culture. So this, uh, this small conference is about taking the mission of God, the values of the kingdom, the DNA of the family of God from nation to nation, continent to continent, beyond the continent of Europe, where many of us uh, in this call may be, be currently based on. Wherever we go, we're going to face cultural gradients, different ways in which values are understood and expressed and articulated, different ways in which truth is communicated, different ways in which relationships are developed, different ways in which communities function and operate. So it goes without saying that if you find yourself called to the mission of God in another culture, it's beholden upon us. It's our highest priority to uh, grapple with and come to terms with the cultural gradient between your own culture and the culture that you are hoping to reach. So if we wish to multiply these values of the kingdom, we've got to become experts at appreciating how we see these values through the lens of our own cultural worldview and how different this will be for, to the cultural worldview of the people that we're seeking to reach. So many of you in this call are, are students of cross-cultural mission. So a lot of this will be familiar territory to you. And there are many very, very helpful resources out there. You'll, you'll already be aware, I'm sure, of Annie McCulloch's book, uh, Global Humility. I would wave uh, a copy at you and show it to you, but I've given it away. Um, uh, another book which is incredibly helpful that many of you may have heard of is Erin Meyer's book, uh, Culture Map. Again, I've given my copy away, but these are two books. We can pop the details to you if you're not already aware of these books. Um, uh, we can pop the details to you after this call, but I, I, I could not uh, more adequately stress the uh, the importance of. I'm just resetting my video camera. It looked like I've frozen in shock at that point. But uh, um, <clears throat> these are two really really helpful books. Uh, I would say essential reading for anyone considering. Uh, taking the mission of God to, to a culture other than their own. And the steeper the culture gradient, the more important it becomes because both of these books are highlighting the fact that different cultures interpret values in different ways. And one is not better than the other. It's a glorious difference that's to be celebrated, but most importantly, understood. So I'll give you another example of this. I'm trusting in these that you've given me the power to share my screen. Uh, this is. Um, uh, Hofstetter's uh, culture dimension. This is uh, not, not anything to do with the Big Bang Theory. This is a Dutch um, philosopher from, or he was a business, uh, philosopher business guy from the 80s. Uh, here's another example. So you'll see similar things in Andy's book uh, and in Erin Meyer's book about different cultural distinctives. He, he describes six here. When he's going from low to high, it's more in talking in terms of informal and formal cultures. You see, you know, in, in church circles in England, we might talk about low church or high church. It's not about uh, uh, higher or low in, as in terms of 
um, a, a gradient of excellence. It's more a gradient of, okay, this is more informal, low, low is more informal, high is more formal. And so you see the, these, he, he picks out these uh, different cultural gradients, power distance, uh, collectivism versus individualism, uncertainty avoidance index, femininity, femininity against masculinity, uh, short-term versus long-term, restraint versus indulgence. These, uh, if, you're, if you're on a cross-cultural mission and trying to think, how do I carry these values into another culture? You've got to understand these gradients. I mean, one that I really particularly enjoy is the collectivism, individualism thing. When you talk to an individualist culture, I come from a very individualist culture, and you read a story, for example, like uh, uh, Peter, uh, the, the disciples in the storm. Many of you may have heard this example. I think it's a brilliant example. Uh, the disciples are in the boat with Jesus. There's a big storm. Um, uh, no, 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 not with Jesus. Jesus is on the, uh, the shore, and, um, and Peter puts his coat on and jumps out of the boat uh, to, to go and see, uh, see Jesus. And in our individual culture, we think, well, that was brilliant. You know, uh, we celebrate Peter. He was the only one who had the faith to walk on the water um, when he saw Jesus walking on the water. He was the only one who had the faith to do that. And we celebrate his in our individualistic culture celebrates that. Whereas a collectivist culture thinks he was an absolute idiot for jumping out of the boat. He should have stayed with the other disciples. What was he doing thinking that he should operate on his own? And, and so a different cultural lens interprets that story in a very different way. And uh, that's just a very small illustration of, of, of cultural gradient and just how uh, important it is for us to understand that different cultures are going to interpret these values in different ways. Now, I've not got the time, and this is, isn't the opportunity for me to go in great detail about this, but I'm just highlighting how important it is. If we learn to be effective in multiplying the values of the kingdom, then we need to grapple with these cultural gradients and understand that people see things uh, and will see these things and understand these things in very different ways. The Bible, what does the Bible have to say about these cultural gradients? Um, well, it's quite an interesting question. I tend to feel that people carry their... Um, carry things into what they read in the narratives there because it does seem to be sort of cult cultural sensitivity does seem to be very uh, intuitively implied in scriptures obviously for jesus in the gospels he was operating within his own dominant culture anyway so he prim primarily was spending time within his own culture his his uh, battleground if you like was dealing with uh, religious gradients um, and other cultures there we see him dealing with people from other cultures people from Samaria and everywhere else and, and how he, he doesn't really, he sort of receives and includes them. But there's, there's not really much of a narrative in terms of how do we interpret cultural gradients. We just see how inclusive Jesus was, Paul as well, others in the New Testament narratives. Uh, Paul sometimes is very sensitive, you know, in Athens, acknowledging the unknown God and so on and so forth. In Crete, he says, oh, everybody knows that people from Crete are brutes and liars, and this is true, which it doesn't sound like a very culturally sensitive thing to say. Um, but again, very intuitively inclusive. Um, you know, so that I think I'm, there, there is much to, to glean from Scripture about cross-cultural gradients, but the, the, the undergirding point is this, and that it is a reality, and we have to learn to read the culture map and practice cultural humility 
when it comes to communicating our values. I was um, talking with, uh, I, I was pondering the idea of doing a PhD. I've given, I've pretty much given up on the idea now on, uh, on authority and fatherhood and how in the New Testament, Paul frequently, when appealing to people about his authority, would, would reference his relationship with them using the vocabulary of the family. He was a father to them, a mother to them, and so on and so forth. And I was discussing my PhD proposal and uh, so quickly found myself in such deep waters, even when you're just talking about a value like that. Okay, let's talk about the value of parent, uh, parenthood and fatherhood. Because every culture approaches fatherhood in a different way. So, uh, you know, in a guilt innocence culture like ours, what we tend to find at the moment is that the father is to blame for everything. You know, <laughs> if, if, some, if someone's got some issues in their life, it's because something didn't go well in their parenting. And uh, the father sort of basically gets beaten up uh, for uh, everything that's gone wrong in people's lives these days, you know, in the church and outside the church. Yeah. In a fear power culture, uh, some, uh, a friend of mine, uh, beautiful, uh, Nigerian guy, his father is a pastor. No, his father-in-law is a pastor. And when he goes to visit, uh, he to show his respect to his father, he has to lay prostrate on the ground. And um, uh, his father is actually a Christian pastor, and yet still requires that his son, in his father, his son-in-law would lay prostrate before him when he meets him to show his respect. That wouldn't work very well in my culture, you know. And then, uh, then you've got the honor shame culture where people are reluctant to correct fathers because it would bring shame upon them. And so you have a situation in a church where someone in an eldership team, we had this in uh, Romania, who was behaving very uh, um, uh, inappropriately. And, it, uh, you know, the advice was we need to, it wasn't morally inappropriate, just in terms of his leadership, it was inappropriate. We were saying, well, you know, maybe it would be um, correct for you to ask him to stand down. And they just would not, could not bring themselves to ask him to stand down because of the shame that it would bring upon his family. And, um, and I remember speaking to a friend who's actually from Syria and just saying, well, you know, how does it, how would Paul have understood these things in the... Um, uh, in the New Testament era about fatherhood. He said, we need to understand this, Morris, about fatherhood in the Middle East, is that actually, culturally, the father can have the power of life and death over his own children. And he uh, spoke to me about Abraham, obviously, with Isaac. You know, he had the power of life and death over his own son. He was prepared to offer his son as a, a sacrifice. So <laughs> it's... A complete minefield trying to interpret these the values, even the simple, you know, what we might think is quite simple. Let's bring it back to one axiomatic thing. You know, we all understand what it means to be a father. Well, it really does depend what cultural gradient you're operating on. Um, and so, you know, this is my personal experience in trying to navigate this. So we we have to, in order to multiply our values, we have to develop intercultural competency and uh, as again as I say I'm, I'm uh, many of you in this call are very aware of this but I just really wanted to underline this 
because we're not looking to export a brand. We're not looking to export a style. We're not looking to export a way of doing things. We're looking to multiply family DNA, and we need to learn how to, how to do that through the worldview of the culture that you're trying to reach and not assume that the way that works for us is the way it's going to work for someone else. So, you know, developing our level of understanding you know, so uh, if, if we are accustomed to a very monocultural environment, that can create a hostility, you know, where we're believing and promoting negative stereotypes about other cultures. You know, this is this sort of uh, very narrow monocultural view, or we're, or we're quite indifferent, you know, uh, the, to other cultures. They're invisible to us. You know, they may even be in our own church, but they're invisible to us. We're indifferent to them. They don't, they're not important to us. You know, then we want to push on to uh, multicultural, which still can have two kind of positive and negative uh, connotation, you know, multicultural blindness, you know, that just uh, we assume from our culture that we understand and can speak for those other cultures. And that, that can be a sort of multicultural blindness or hopefully moving on to some sort of multicultural engagement where we're beginning to understand that our cultural perspective is one among many perspectives and then pushing on in our competency to multicultural, intercultural competency where we're looking for inclusion, where we're recognising the need to hear the perspective of other cultures and then hopefully arriving at intercultural maturity where there's a, a sense of mutuality, where we are deferring to people from other cultures in leadership and in wisdom and in organisation and understanding that they will know uh, as well and better than us in many, many circumstances and certainly better than us how these values are going to be outworked in their own cultures. So we, we, it's so important for us to develop this intercultural competency as we look to... Uh, multiply these values so finally what are these values well hopefully you're very very familiar uh with uh, the values of of uh, new frontiers if not then i one of my charges to you uh, if you are called to mission to another culture is to become an expert in these values okay i really want to urge you to do that so here we go you have seen these before um let's uh these values so we have our three doctrinal values we're word based so you know we are shaping the teach them to obey, you know to obey everything i've commanded you said jesus but it's all recorded for us in the word of god we're looking to shape the household of god around the word of god that's our final authority and uh the word of god is our um our base point our reference point for everything that we're we're trying to shape whatever culture that might be it's not about the style it's not that small church makers. no it's about the word of god is preeminent in all things married to the spirit of god on those uh those two values you know we're we're so we are we're so convinced about a healthy mature culture of the spirit married to the uh, the, the final authority of the word of God being the dynamite uh, that, that is uh, at the heart of, of the family of God, the word and spirit together in that way and, and outworked and expressed 
in the culture of grace, that we are uh, grace communities. So we're looking to build family culture communities saturated with the grace of God, shaped by the word of God, empowered by the spirit of God, individually, collectively. This is uh, absolutely, uh, and this is what we're trying to, this is what we're trying to multiply. In terms of our leadership, that you know, the, the authority is a shared thing. That you know, in the in the life of the local church, in the New Testament churches, as they gather, as as the mission is fruitful, communities of believers are gathered, and then we start to put some structure in place. There's simple New Testament instructions about that: appointing elders. Elders share this responsibility. It's not one person dominating, but it is. This is a shared authority. Um, and uh, it's such imp- an important value to, to communicate in, uh, you know, in, in different cultures with a servant heart that, that we're not here to dominate and lord it over people. Jesus, don't lord it over people like the, like the, uh, uh, the world does. Like the, you know, no, 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 that's not the way we do things. We come with a heart of a servant. And, uh, you know, whoever wants to be the greatest must be the least. Whoever wants to be first must be last. Whoever wants to be the greatest must be the servant of all, Jesus said. Wrap a towel around your waist. Get on your knees. Wash people's feet. This is the heart of leadership uh, in the New Testament community, not like uh, we might see, not not ditching leadership altogether and becoming, you know, uh, ultimately just sort of a a consensual democracy in in a way that, that we don't see in Scripture, not giving all power to one person, the man of power for the hour, you know, no, 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 no. Shared authority, shared leadership, servant-hearted, valuing the ministries of, of that we read of in Ephesians 4, of apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. But we're looking to see all of these operating in the life of the local church today. And this, this is our core values. This is what we're trying to do. So what about our style of church? You know, whether we're going for micro-church, macro-church, whatever our style of church, the Bible says that, that, that in the church there will be servant-hearted elders served by these ministries that Jesus has given that the church might attain to the full stature of Christ. Uh, so we're, we're wholehearted about that. That's what we're trying to multiply in these other cultures. This is, and obviously our missional values that actually mission first and foremost, primarily intentionally in the New Testament is the focus of the local church. And I had someone come and speak to me recently saying, are you, you know, and it's a common, are you saying that uh, you don't value mission outworked in mission or organisations you know, and parachurch organisations? You know, do New Frontiers not agree with parachurch? No, 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 no. We're never saying that. What we are saying is that if the, the local church took responsibility for the mission under the oversight of apostles and prophets and so on, as we see in the New Testament, then people would never have got so frustrated that they felt they needed to start these parachurch organisations in the first place. But the fact that they are doing that, we love it and we celebrate it. We're so grateful for it. In many, many ways, they have accrued and accumulated experience and expertise way beyond anything that, that we have uh, managed uh, so far in New Frontiers. And we love to collaborate and partner with them whenever we can. But in terms of the New Testament, mission uh, was sent out from the local church and the mission and the fruit of mission was gathered into the local church. And we're just saying that's the ideal, but we recognize that because the local church has always historically taken that responsibility seriously. This is how all these parachurch organizations have proliferated and we praise God for them. 
we're looking for the mission of God not to just be a local thing, but that every expression of God's church is part of his mission to the ends of the earth. So we're looking for a global awareness in every expression of the local church, whatever culture it's in, and seeing that they have a part to play in the mission of God beyond their own cultural boundaries, a holistic mission. It's not just something within the church, it's within every aspect of society. So every every church member is a missionary in whatever environment of influence that they find themselves, their family, their neighbourhood, their college, their workplace, whatever it might be. Um, that's one of our values. And then obviously what I've just been speaking about, um, the freedom to contextualise these values and uh, it says here, we recognise that these core values will need to be contextualised and applied differently in different contexts. Sound contextualization means translating and applying our core values without compromising the essence of the values themselves. So what are we looking to multiply? We're looking to multiply this DNA, but being ever so attentive to the cultural gradient. Uh, part of the application of this we find in Mike's book, how in our family and relational mission are these values worked out in practice? What is our emphasis? You find that in this, uh, in this book, Relational Mission and Way of Life. So my appeal to us is to learn how to express these values in whatever culture it is that you are seeking to reach. So it requires preparation. I was very, very humbled by a friend of mine uh, some of you may have met him, a guy called Rob Bennett. He's a, a member of our church here in Ipswich. And he was a uh, sent as a missionary to Taiwan. He spent two years at Bible college, uh, learning to be competent in as a, a missionary uh, and in missional practice and so on and so forth. He spent two years um, in nursing training so that he had a profession and a trade so that he could support himself on the mission. He spent two years in immersive language learning in Singapore before he ever spent one day in Taiwan. That's six years of preparation. And so I just want, I don't, I don't want to say that to uh, burden anybody here, but if some of you feel, you know, that there's a lot of preparation ahead, that's okay. You know, if, if, if actually being in the mission field that God is calling you to, if you're finding yourself crossing an extensive cultural gradient, you think this is, is quite a long way ahead, it's okay. It takes time to prepare and use your time well. How? Number one, understand these values. So become experts. This is your DNA. This is our DNA. This is the DNA we're trying to multiply. This is uh, the DNA of this mission. We're looking to multiply this DNA, raising up just teaching those that we reach and save. We want to teach them to obey these things. Jesus commanded and incorporate them into whole households, whole families, whole communities that are built around these values. So become experts in these values. Uh, develop your intercultural competency. You know, read and prepare, study. Are there cross-cultural courses? Become an expert in the cross-cultural gradient that you're trying to navigate here. Learn, learn your blind spots culturally. Learn how to... Uh, identify all of your cultural assumptions 
repent regularly. <laughs> you know, I, I don't mean that in terms of sort of uh, worries me all the time, but change your ways regularly. You know, be prepared to change the way you see things and think about things. And uh, because you will have, we all of us will be living with so many, many assumptions. And if we want to develop our intercultural competency, then we need to recognize that gradient and say, like, hey, okay, the way I explain this in my culture is not going to work in that culture. You know, if possible, learn the language. Um, you know, uh, I, I mean, it, it's if we want to get through to the heart of a culture, you've got to go through the language of their heart. But also, you learn the vocabulary and terminology that sometimes doesn't transfer words and, and, and uh, terminology that has value in one culture doesn't work in another, and you have to find other ways of articulating and expressing things. And you can't do that unless you are, you know, even when you're working through a translator, I mean, I, I have no other language other than English. And so if I'm working in another language, I'm often working through a translator. And, 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 and it's, not, you know, it's not uncommon that sometimes afterwards people say, I'm not sure that the person translating understood the point you're making there. Well, that's not their fault. That's my responsibility. You know, and, um, so, yeah, so if you, if you really are caught and committed to a culture, well, get the language. Um, make friends with the people in that culture. Uh, you know, so even if you're years away from ever visiting or being part of the mission of God in that culture, make friends. Um, you know, getting prayed. Are there people in your own environment from that culture that you can build friendships with and say, I want to learn about your culture? In my, in my younger days, I used to make pen friends. I used to have a pen friend in Hong Kong and we used to write to each other. I'm sure with social media, there are much more efficient ways of doing that these days. Find some, find make some connections, say, like, hey, I want to learn more about you and, and, and your culture. Teach me, train me, uh, teach me about these things. Um, I just want to, uh, you know, if, if you're looking to go to a culture, you learn how to build friendships with people in that culture, well, get in practice now. If there are people in your own environment from that culture or that you can reach through social media and other means. And as I say, you know, uh, avoid all assumptions, um, you know, we, we, we just have to learn to navigate uh, the intercultural uh, gradients with humility and learn to read that cultural map. So that's um, what I have to share. I hope that's helpful for you. A reminder about our values. That's what we're doing. When we're church planting or when we're on a mission, we're carrying the culture of the kingdom and the values of the kingdom with us. And that's what we're seeking to multiply. We're not looking to multiply a style. We're not looking to multiply our own cultural preference. We're not looking to multiply the way that we like to do things. We're looking to multiply the values of the kingdom and make disciples um, in that culture and, and raise them up that they have the freedom to outwork those values in the way that best suits their own environment and their own culture. Um, and uh, so become experts in these, in these values. Uh, learn where you are on the cultural gradient, become interculturally competent, um, understand these things, uh, become experts in every way that you possibly can in understanding the worldview of the culture that you're seeking to reach so that you can then carry these values of the kingdom across and multiply them in the culture that you're seeking to see the kingdom of God come. Amen. 